This is District Sentinel Radio, broadcasting from the MERIP studio in Washington. It's March 4th, 2019. Last Tuesday, the city of Chicago held its first round of municipal elections this cycle. Some of the results were very promising for socialists ahead of April runoffs. Breaking things down for us was Kinzo Shibata, a Chicago teacher and member of DSA and the Chicago Teachers Union. We're talking now to Kinzo Shibata about municipal elections in Chicago on Tuesday. A lot of leftists in the U.S. have been interested in Chicago politics for years since the teacher strike in 2012. It seems yet again the left is making inroads in the Windy City, at least in some of the aldermen races. Uh, Kinzo, what were some of the interesting results on Tuesday? Well, I think, you know, the the top line for all this is the fact that uh, we could potentially, after we have our runoff election on April April 2nd, have... 10% 10% of the Chicago City Council be avowed socialists and mm. members of the DSA. Um, I mean, as it is, we have two people who won their elections outright, Carlos Romero Rosa, Ramirez Rosa and uh, Daniel Espada. Yeah. Um, they got, they secured well over 50% plus one of the vote, and they're going to be seated in City Hall. Um, and then we have three other candidates, uh, Byron Sigcho, Andre Vasquez, and uh, Rosana Rodriguez, um, who are going into runoffs and also like looking at the wards that they represent. That's also historic. The fact that they got into runoffs at, at all. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this headline in the Chicago sun times. It says up to five socialists could join city council after election success Tuesday. It goes on to say that'd be the most on the Chicago governing body in more than a century. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you chalk up this moment to? Well, you know, we're finally starting to study the socialist, uh, the sewer socialist in Milwaukee. It's taken us a while. But we're finally starting to copy their their style. And uh, the sewer socialists. Uh, that, that, I'm just kidding. That that joke died. Uh, that that oh. fell flat. Um, <laughs> I think you know a lot of it. You're gonna is... have to explain the joke now, Kenzo. Yeah, you are gonna have to explain the joke. I guess well, uh, that that goes that that gets more laughs in the Midwest. But it, I guess that sort of <laughs> flew over our head here. Milwaukee. There was a period where they were electing socialist governors and members of city council. And that was also this historic moment where, you know, they, they call them sewer socialists because they literally fixed the sewers and they rebuilt infrastructure. And that was kind of their tack on socialism in Milwaukee was um, we're just going to make sure government runs really well. Taxes are spent very fairly and um, resources are distributed as, as much as possible. And then later all that was undone um, by neoliberals, of course. Um, that was not actually the connection to what happened in Chicago. Um, there are a lot of different streams, I think, um, to what's, what's happening in Chicago right now. Uh, we had, um, you know, 25 years of Mayor Daley ruling the city of Chicago. Um, and he, when he ruled, he took over uh, the remnants of his father's machine um, and then rebuilt it. And the machine that uh, Mayor um, Daley had, the, the, the second Mayor daily um it was kind of a fusion between old school ward bosses and um the corporate pinstripe patronage that was coming in so he was into both privatization but then also keeping his ward um committees in place uh when Rahm Emanuel came into power he's just you know pure you know black tar neoliberalism um (laughs) and you know he's definitely going to you know he um he didn't necessarily feed into the ward system um, the way that, 
he the way that his predecessor did. Um, he more fed into the um, the the corporate aspect of things like trying to privatize, trying to beg Amazon to come here, um, you know, shutting down 50 schools. Um, he had a very different way about it. He didn't actually, it seemed like he didn't even see importance in keeping um, ward level organizations intact fully. Um, mm. You know, schools were at one point part of the machine, like, you know, to get a job in a school, like you had to be part of a political um, group um, and, and on the ward level. Um, and then, you know, that died down a bit, but then Rahm Emanuel went ahead and just closed those 50 schools. And, you know, he led his campaign on attacking public workers. So he kind of backed himself into this corner where he didn't quite have the ward level infrastructure. Uh, some of that I think comes from his time uh, in Congress where like the impacts of his bad policies never really, never really impacted his, him politically the way it did in Chicago. Like you close a school and then you walk through that neighborhood, people are going to yell at you. Um, it's, you have a little bit more coverage in, in Congress. There are quite a bit, lot of videos of uh, Rahm Emanuel getting humiliated in public I by mean, people in Chicago. The best one is the shofar, I think. The uh, person <laughs> blowing the shofar at, at, at uh, Rahm Emanuel. The, uh, pr so presumably some of the uh, alderman candidates in a more Rahm Emanuel mold lost to some of these socialists? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, so, I mean, to case in point, in the, our 33rd ward, um, so we had a um, an alderman slash a Democratic Party committeeman named Dick Mel, um, who is, um, aside from having a name that's pretty funny, um, <laughs> he... He ran his ward like his fiefdom for years, and he was actually part of the um, the 29 aldermen that uh, when we had our first black mayor, uh, Harold Washington, um, he was a part of the the group of white aldermen who just blocked anything Harold could do, like mm. outwardly racist um, tactics to make sure that you know nothing was redistributed, that the ward patronage system kept in place, and. Um, he kept on, you know, he, he held on to his seat throughout Washington's terms and then up until just a few years ago. Um, his daughter, uh, Deborah Mel, is, um, was at that time the uh, state representative. And that was, you know, I'm not going to lie here, like she got the job through her connections. Like her father ran the, the ward committee there. And um, when Dick Mel decided to retire, uh, Rahm Emanuel appointed Deb Mel to his, to, um, Dick Mel's seat. Yeah. So essentially got anointed. Nice. Um, really over her head. Um, she does not really know. She doesn't know how to communicate with people. That was the big complaint. I hear a lot from about her. Um, that her neighborhood is like very rapidly gentrifying. Gents, uh, rents are going up um, to be ridiculously high and pushing people out. And people approached her with like, okay, so what's your plan? What are we going to do about this? And she said that, well, you know, it's all these hipsters coming up from Logan Square and kind of leaves it at that. No solution. Just blames hipsters. <laughs> um, and furthermore, like we have this initiative statewide in Illinois now. We're trying to lift the ban on rent control because right now there's a law uh, that that um, forbids us from having any rent control policies in the states. And the DSA is a big part of that coalition. Um so Deb Mal said that she supports the idea of lifting the ban on rent control, but she does not believe in rent control. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Nice. That's how she's splitting the baby. Huh. Wow. Um, oh, and also to add a little bit, another layer to this, um, her uh, brother-in-law is Rod Blagojevich. Oh, the uh, the, the ex-governor who tried to sell Obama's Senate seat. Yeah, with he, that, that beautiful head <laughs> of hair. He did have a great head of hair. And then yeah, Dick Mel's daughter married uh, Rod Blagojevich, and she was on some reality show a while ago too. So that, that's a that's a wacky family. Um, so Rosanna is um, a Puerto Rican um, who moved to Chicago. And um, she's been extremely involved in the community um, from the time she's moved here. When she was a, a small child, she was a part of water, anti-water privatization protests in Puerto Rico. Hmm. Um, so she really has activism in her blood. Um, I would say like she's like one of those ideal candidates that came out of social movements as opposed to like social movements picking an existing politician. You know, she came out of you know socialism and leftism and education. She's an educator. Um, in Chicago, um, she was really pushed to run by a lot of people. Um, and you know, what's remarkable about it was she, she pushed Deb Mel into a runoff in the ward. And this is the first runoff to happen since the 1930s in that ward. Um, and this is from, you know, a socialist woman of color. Um, and not only that, but she actually got more votes than the incumbent. So even though it's going to run off, you know, she clearly won this race. Wow. So we're hearing there was uh, some some good old fashioned Chicago land sleaze involving mm-hmm. w- one of the races, uh, something something of a sexual nature, or maybe that's not good old fashioned Chicago land sleaze. Maybe <laughs> that, maybe that's just uh, regular sleaze. But anyway, there was sleaze. What was get, tell us get, about that sleaze? Tell us about that sleaze. Okay, so the twenty fifth ward alderman Danny Solis. Very powerful, powerful man. He was um, very close with Rom and Daly. Um, decided to retire this year, kind of unexpectedly, leaving his seat open. And um, so, you know, a, a pretty crowded field of, of people came um, to to run in the 25th ward um, during this during the election, the the race. Um, it came out that uh, Solis was actually wearing a wire. Um, he was. <laughs> The, the feds were investigating um, Ed Burke, who is another um, alderman in the city, someone who is actually more powerful than Dick Mel. Like he's someone whose war chest is like $15 million for election to alderman. Wow. Um, which is more than all the other aldermen combined have raised in their Dang. war chests. He's Damn. like, he's like, he, the, he's like the sub boss right before you get to like the, the main boss in a video game. <laughs> Yeah, but somehow like a little bit tougher to beat. Oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't hold the most power, but he's a little tougher to beat. He's big time real estate lawyer. Um, he's actually Trump's lawyer for his real estate deals in uh, oh, Chicago. Nice. Um, so very wealthy guy, snazzy dresser, um, and, and you know very much known for for corruption. And you know one of the things he did. Recently, that he's been investigated for was he was trying to shake down um, a Burger King in his neighborhood. Um, Dad, another layer to that was the Burger King that he was trying to shake down was the same area where Laquan McDonald was murdered by Chicago police, a young, a black youth um, who was murdered by Chicago police, which kind of set off the the a lot of the anti-Rom sentiment in the city. Um, so anyway, to get back to Danny Solis, he was wearing a wire. Um, 
to catch Ed Burke saying something. Um, the reason why that he, he was wearing a wire was because the feds caught on so that he was up to some, some no good stuff. So he was trading in um, visits to massage parlors, um, Viagra, <laughs> trips to Oprah's private farm uh, for political favors. And, you know, honestly, all of that was like jammed into one headline Oprah and I farm? just could not stop. What's Oprah she growing? She has a farm. It's apparently, um, hmm. I don't know. You just hope. make it up. Out of hope. So the idea there is that like he's been someone that has like a pretty, had a pretty good image. Danny Solis was actually a bit of a radical about 30 years ago. Um, his organization, um, the United Neighborhood Organization, um, was a radical neighborhood organization in on the south side in Pilsen. Um that would, you know, take on some real um, direct actions to get things done. Um, he got close with Daly then when, when Daly was elected, and then that all ended. And he became a machine guy and then later became alderman. Um, so he, um, you know, he stepped back. And then so now and actually in his seat, um, they're, that's going to run off. And one of the people going into the runoff is Byron Sigcho, who's a DSA member and a longtime education activist in Chicago. Um, someone that I've been working with a long time on things like school closings, you know, stopping them, stopping charter expansion. He's also a candidate that came out of movement politics. Um, so that's a really exciting race to see. Like one of the absolute most corrupt aldermen is probably going to be replaced by, you know, a, an avowed socialist who really cares about the community. Well, that was my question. And what, how, I mean, the runoffs change dynamics of races when you get to them. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what are the odds here? How favorable are they that they, that you will get five socialists sitting uh, in power in Chicago? Well, um, we're hundred percent. We'll have two um, because they, they won outright. Um, and then I think, I think Rosanna has a great chance uh, the Mel camp has been using a lot of racist tactics to kind of scare the gentrifiers in the neighborhood. Mm. From what I'm hearing, it's a lot of it's backfiring because good liberals still don't want to hear racist stuff <laughs> <laughs> as much as they might not care about the policies. Like they still don't necessarily want to hear that stuff. Um, and she just has like a good grassroots following, you know, she's someone who people know in the neighborhood that they know they can talk to her. Um, and you know she's she got more votes than the incumbent. Um, I think she has an, an outstanding chance uh, of winning. Um, Andre Vasquez is running against another one of these old machine guys, Patrick O'Connor, who's been in City Hall. You know he's older than dirt, um, <laughs> and uh, um, just an awful machine person who like he kind of seems almost like bothered by the fact he has to come out now and like, can't actually campaign. He hasn't had to do it for decades. Mm, like Joe so, like, Crowley. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, that's a really good comparison. He's just like, I guess I'm out here. Um, <laughs> and there was actually in that race, there was Ugo O'Carey, uh, who's a DSA member and a Nigerian um, immigrant was running in that race. And during one of the public town halls, O'Connor said something about Ugo, like, well, I'm here to re to represent all of Chicago, not just Nigerians. Um, and this was not like, you know, flyers snuck under people's doors or anything. This was like at a town hall. He said that. Um, Jesus. And that's a neighborhood I, I think has been changing, too. 
where you know younger families people don't necessarily want to go for the okie doke um board services aren't it used to be like you know you'd re-elect your alderman because your ward services were pretty good you didn't have potholes your streets were shoveled when it snowed things like that and then in wards like his you're not seeing that anymore mm. they're not really paying attention or listening to constituents um just kind of collecting checks yeah so um i think andre has a good chance too um he's someone who's got a lot of um he's got a lot of energy um he's got a positive message he was a bernie delegate um you know he's a very likable person also very connected to the hip-hop scene in chicago so his flyers are amazing you know the, the people he gets to dj at his events are the top djs like you know he's got a good energy about him where pat o'connor is just kind of like you know, um, Joe Crowley, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, you know, just kind of like Joe Crowley was running against someone with a lot of energy and new ideas. And we saw how that went out. That, that turned out. Yeah. A campaign can't underestimate the power of a good DJ uh, traveling <laughs> with them. Yes. <laughs> uh, Kenzo, you're a DSA member. Obviously, uh, a lot of Chicago DSA members put in work to get these folks elected or get them to a runoff. I'm curious the effect that uh, once they are elected, having succeeded in electing these members, what effect that then has back on uh, the DSA organization in terms of mm-hmm. legitimacy or popularity, things like that? Well, we um, we were very choosy about who we endorsed. And one of the things that we really um, had some serious conversations about was capacity. Like, not only did we want to have the capacity to run candidates and have them win, but we also wanted to have the capacity to follow them after they win and keep them accountable to all the promises they made to DSA and promises they made to the community at large. Um, And one of the things we did ask of all of our endorsed candidates is for them to join a DSA uh, caucus within the city council. There's currently a progressive caucus, and they're good on a lot of things, but... um, Sometimes they, you know, they're, they don't always, um, they're not, they basically don't necessarily align with the DSA ideals. Um, So what we're looking for is to have a group of people who can kind of have each other's backs, um, formulate good policy, um, and then also be connected directly to um, the Chicago Democratic Socialists of America. Um, And that's what we're looking at, you know, our electoral work kind of going into now is like keeping these um politicians accountable i mean for some of them it would be it's clear that the dsa um work that was done the dsa members who volunteered that phone bank that knocked on doors um pushed them over the edge to win or at least pushed them over the edge to get into a runoff and we're gonna remind people that you know i like a lot of these people but i'm also you know i'm personally not afraid to tell someone like yeah we're not gonna endorse you you know or i'm gonna i'm, I'm personally not gonna vote to endorse you and i'm telling yeah. people not to if you um go back on any of your promises uh a little uh, outside of the dsa's purview right now unfortunately there's no dsa candidate in the mayoral race uh, yes we have Lori lightfoot against Tony Preckwinkle in the runoff on April 2nd. Both are Democrats, mm-hmm. both are black women. Chicago has never had a black mm-hmm. woman as mayor before. It will later this year. We have a, a, a historical watershed there. Uh, but what what is the, uh, briefly, what is the dynamic in the mayoral race? Where do Lightfoot and Preckwinkle stand on policy? Well, um, Tony Preckwinkle 
took on um, a bit of a social democratic um, platform. Um, you know, she wants to stop school closings. Um, she's in favor of a graduated income tax. Um, so she's kind of committed to some of the things that the unions asked of her. Um, she got a lot of union um, support mm -hmm. in her um, in her bid. Um, the thing about Tony is she's been very very deliberate in talking about um, what her vision is for Chicago, and she, she'll often talk about how when she was first elected to committee man, and, or, uh, she was the only woman um, and the only black woman in a lot of the spaces she was in, and now um, you know our Democratic Party is far more diverse uh, in Chicago and in Cook County, um, and you know she's been pretty open about the fact that she wants to basically reboot the machine and you know not stop the machine but build on it but make it more accessible to people of color to women um to other like marginalized communities um and that's like kind of her politics mm -hmm. like, like she's a very powerful person she leads the county democrats um she was an alder woman for for a number of years um you know she's definitely part of the, of the machine um she's done i think she's done some good um in her role uh one of the things that did hurt her a bit on the campaign trail was as cook county board president she pushed this soda tax um similar to like what bloomberg did yeah um, in new york and it was extremely unpopular and got uh, got re repealed yeah and for a while there like her name was just being associated with that um and that you know it didn't stop her from getting into the runoff um, Lightfoot, her campaigning has been very light on, no pun intended, on policy and any kind of specifics. Um, we know that she was uh, head of the, the police board in Chicago, which hmm. was not, it was not really a board that could, that had any kind of teeth to hold the police accountable. But even in that, in her role, she was um, really easy on, you know, abusive and, and police that conduct that um, engage in police brutality. Um, so that was part of her, her legacy was that, you know, she really did not use that board for any kind of good. Um, she's a partner at, or she was a partner at Mayor Brown, which is a law firm, a corporate law firm, which is kind of like when the junior plutocracy calls and calls Kirkland Ellis and Kirkland Ellis doesn't answer, then they go to Mayor Brown. Um, still extremely <laughs> powerful, a lot of money. You know, she's definitely had Republican clients there. Um, so I'm not exactly sure where she falls in, um, in the policy arena. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of question marks right now about what the mayor's race is going to look like. Um, getting you know, a, getting a bit winning, of a Kamala Harris vibe uh, from your description mm, of Lightfoot. That, yeah, I can see that. Um, she carries herself differently, um, a little more serious than, than Harris. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the same kind of idea that, like, it's okay to be a prosecutor, like, which is kind of a non-starter for a lot of DSA members, a lot of leftists, and a lot of just people who don't like people getting shot, you know, by police. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, uh, oh. there's – I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting time, um, but not exactly sure what it's going to look like um, in the future. So do you have a uh, Twitter account you want to plug real quick before we sign oh, yes. off or any sort of website or social media? 
Uh, yeah, go to my uh, Twitter account. It's Kenzo Shibata, K-E-N-Z-O-S-H-I-B-A-T-A. And uh, that's where I like anything I do, I just post there. So if you want to know anything about me, it's there. Love posting. Uh, love hearing from Kenzo. Kenzo is a teacher, a Chicago Teachers Union member, a DSA member, and uh, he joined us on District Sentinel Radio uh, again. Thanks very much. All right. Thanks a lot, Sams. Thanks, Kenzo. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for more content from Sentinel Radio tomorrow. We'll be back in D.C. so you don't have to be. 